says that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Says that thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The word of God says, fret not thyself over evil doers. Be not envious over wrongdoers, for they will fade away like the grass. The word of God says, when your enemies are all around you, the Lord will be a shield. Is there anybody here with me all about you? I'm just trying to let you know if you're safe right now, you're in the safety of the Lord. So is there anybody here that can give God praise that you're in a safe place? I know it may not be all that you want it to be, but you ought to thank him that you are in a safe place. I thank God that I'm dwelling in the safety of the Lord. He is the captain of my soul and he is a fortress above all when the storms of life begin to rage in my life. I, I run into the master's arm. Why? Because I'm in. safer place to be in the world than in the will of God and if you are a child of God you're in his will and you ought to be grateful might not have a dime in your pocket but you're in his will and he will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory body might be sick and racking with pain right now but you're in his will and he is the God who heals these. Is there anybody that can thank him that you're in his safety? In his safety. I give honor to our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. For it is in him that we live, that we move, and we have our being. I want to thank God again to, for our pastor in his absence. Thank God for the opportunity to stand before the people of God and to preach the word of God. Don't do this much when I get up uh, because uh, since I've been kind of back home and, and, and working, serving back home, I, 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 I tend not to kind of exalt anybody around me, but I want to give God praise for the other sister Haynes, my, my wife, Quantricia. Amen. Give God praise for her. And if I can't ask the A.B., don't try to find her. She is here, but just don't try to find her in the crowd. If there's any goodness in me, it is because of the grace of God. But if there's any grace in me, it is called the goodness God has put in her. I want to thank God again. If you will, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. And we will begin our textual reading today in verse 16. Matthew chapter 1, verse 16. From the English Standard Version, the Word of God reads thusly. And Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. 
from David to the deportation to Babylon 14 generations and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ 14 generations. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way when his mother had been betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. He called his name Jesus. We want to thank God for the word of God. We know it as an American success story. Even the more, it's an African-American success story. First born on the stage of plays across the United States, then by way of movies. And in the last several years, we would have never known this name, but because there's been so much entertainment, there has been so much laughter, there has been so much contemplation of what he has produced, Tyler Perry has become a household name. Tyler Perry's movies have grossed millions, maybe even billions of dollars. He owns a studio in metropolitan Atlanta that most of the movies, when they come to make a movie in Georgia, they make it in Tyler Perry Studios. He is almost to a point where he is printing money. And you look at his success and you wonder how he is so successful. But I come to tell you, if you've ever looked at Tyler Perry's movie, most, if you've ever been to any of his plays, most of what he's done is born out of a deep pain and affliction. If you ever looked at his movies, there are human conditions. The movies are not real deep cinematically. They're not real uh, uh, thinking movies. But what they do is they get real, real with us. And they deal with parts of life that a lot of us don't want to deal with. They deal with the very trauma that many people have to deal with in life and have to hang on to in life and they touch us because many of us sit in the same seat as Tyler Perry and we have had to deal with trauma in life. And is there anybody here that has had to live with a trauma in your life with something that is in your life? You're trying your best to keep it down, but it's always coming up in your life and you have to go to the psychotherapist to talk about it because it is traumatic. But I come to tell you and want to tag this text today that God will triumph over our trauma. And I know this may be a strange text to talk about trauma, but if you've ever read Matthew chapter 1, it is a line of names and a line and a genealogy about Jesus. But in the midst of that genealogy came trauma. And I want to help somebody out that even in the life of Jesus, 
there was trauma in his family lineage and somebody's hurting right now and I want to let you know that we have a savior who can be touched with the infirmities that we can be touched with because at all points he was tempted in the very same way even Jesus' family had moments of trauma in the life text swirls if you will all these men's names come up, but it swirls around really four women. And these four women lives are born in some way out of trauma. Uh, there is Tamar, the uh, God, the, uh, the, the daughter-in-law of Judah. There is Rahab. The Jericho Canaanite harlot. There is Ruth, the Moabite. And then there is, as the Bible says, the wife of Uriah. We know her, and the text tells us her name in the Kings. It is Bathsheba. That we come to learn that these women and and when you read the text, it almost looks like that the text is trying, is a text of terror for these women. Because in all that is happening to them, or that happened to them, the text seems to make them seem like they are problematic in the text. But I believe that they're not problems. God is actually exalting these women to show that I can bless anybody, anywhere, at any time. And is there anybody here that wants to know God is a God who will bless you at any time and in anywhere, no matter what has come down in your life? That, that in the text, it tells us, that in the life of Tamar, there is the trauma of broken promises. Anybody ever had somebody in your life whom you love, somebody in your life who cared for you, that said they were going to do something for you, but they broke the promise? That is Tamar's story. Genesis 38, if you want to go home and read it, she had, she was the wife of Judah's firstborn son but the bible says that that firstborn son died because he did what was evil in the sight of the lord and when he died judah made a promise to him and he said that when he dies yo my secondborn son will take you up as a wife and you will have children by him but he did he married her and he did what was wicked in the sight of the lord for every time they came together he would not place his seed inside of her it said he put it on the ground and God killed him too. But he had a third son. And Judah promised her that this third son will marry you and give you a child. And then she went back home to her father's house as a widow. And when that boy became of age, the promise that Judah made to her was never fulfilled. Can't you see the trauma in her life? She was promised children by, the, by this man, and he took away the promise and forgot. But then one day, he dressed up to go see about his own land. And somehow, this girl Tamar heard about him going up and she took off the clothes of a widow and put on the clothes of a prostitute and she met him and she lay with him and her own father-in-law got her pregnant and then trying to cover up what he did in the darkness he made a promise to her but he made the promise on the wrong premise he gave her something that was valuable to him by which he would be identified watch out sometimes our stuff and our trauma is called by our own crazy actions is there anybody here that can lift your hand and maybe you don't want to lift your hand but know some of the stuff we deal with is based on our own trauma and traumatic actions he gives her 
his signet ring. He gives her his staff. He gives her what he, he, he needs and can be identified by. Then when time comes pregnant, he gets mad when he hears of the news that your daughter-in-law is pregnant and he knows she doesn't have a husband. Isn't it like us to get mad at folk when they do something wrong when we did the very same thing they did? That I'm going somewhere because I don't want to get you so upset to think that this trauma, but oftentimes we've done the very same thing the other folk have done, and we'll get mad at what they do. Not looking at the mirror in what we have done, the very same thing. Sometimes you need to check yourself. Judah didn't do that. Found out that it was Tamar, and she said, well, let me say something. The man that did this to me, here's the way you can identify him. Judah found out it was him, and he went away sorrowful, saying that she was more righteous than I. Trauma. There's the trauma of broken promises, but there's also the trauma of our social identification. It is Rahab, the harlot. Read your Bible. Most of the time that we see that Rahab is identified, she is identified by what she is, or by identified by maybe what she was. Joshua chapter 2, if you want to read the story of Rahab, Rahab is a resident of Jericho. And we know the story of Jericho, how God put down the walls of Jericho. But Rahab was a resident of Jericho. And Rahab caught word that there were spies, in the Hebrew spies, in Jericho. And when she caught word of the spies, Rahab understood uh, her relationship to God. And she hid the spies. Uh, somebody right there ought to be shouting and praising God because no matter who the who society says you are, if you have a love for the God of heaven and earth, he'll shield you from what society says about you. She shielded these spies and Rahab covered them and Rahab told them, when you leave, go hide somewhere so that they don't catch you because they're looking for you. She said that everybody in Jericho fears your God. She says we fear, they, we fear your God because we heard what your God has done down in Egypt. And I need somebody to thank God right now because sometimes you need to thank him because of what he did down where somebody else is. If your neighbor gets blessed, you ought to lift your hand and thank God that he's in the neighborhood. I wish I had some folk who understand that if your neighbor gets blessed, God is in the neighborhood and blessing may be coming your way too. Rahab said that we fear God. But she said the folk in, in, Jer in Jericho, they're scared of God. But I fear God because I know he's the God of heaven and earth. Rahab said, they are scared. But I'm lifting my hands because I know who your God is. And no matter who I am, because I know who your God is, I'll serve him. Rahab serves God. She tells the spies that when it goes down, uh, when God comes after us, y'all look for me and my family. And they said that we promised to you, Rahab the harlot, on our very lives, that when God comes to destroy this city, we'll rescue you and everybody in your household. Sometimes you get blessed because you live in the right house. 
to Rahab. Rahab is there and she puts out this scarlet cord. And it's amazing because I believe that scarlet cord had some meaning even way back then. That it was scarlet and, and because it was scarlet, they knew that when God came to destroy Jericho, all we had to look for was the scarlet cord in the window. And they saved everybody in Rahab, the harlot's life. I'm trying to get somewhere that we're talking about the trauma in the family of Jesus. Rahab, though she was, the, her trauma comes because of her social identification. Ruth's trauma comes because of her geographical location. But Ruth is a Moabite. Ruth's whole existence came out of in, an incestuous relationship with a father and a daughter. Oh, y'all, y'all ain't trying to hear me. I wish y'all were trying to hear me. Sometimes you don't have to look at Tyler Perry movies to see drama in, in the world. Just read your Bible long enough and you'll know that our God is a God. Even in the midst of the drama of life, God has a way of saving folk. That, that, that Moab is, is the descendant of an incestuous relationship between a father and a daughter. Her whole existence is born out of trauma. That she had to grow up learning that her very existence comes from an incestuous relationship. But, and then in the midst of her life, there was a famine in the land. And God's people went to her land and she married a man who was an Israelite. She married him and y'all know the story. Rahab's husband, or Ruth's husband, I'm sorry, eventually died. And then all of the men in Naomi's family died. And Naomi said, well, there's no men in my family. There's no inheritance. There's no job in the family. I need to be able to go back to my own family and have them redeem me. And when Naomi decided to go back to Israel, Ruth said, I'll go back too. But I'll go back not because of the famine in the land. I'll go back because I love you and I love your God. And your God will become my God. And we will become family because I love your God. Is there anybody here that understands sometime in life because somebody else loves God and you see God in them, you will get saved too. Ruth. Ruth goes back, and because of who Ruth knows, Naomi says, I got a relative. And I believe if you wear the right clothes, you can catch his attention. And she caught the man's attention. And in the family of Jesus, you have a Moabite. In there is the trauma of a disingenuous relationship. Read it up. David the king. David is one of my favorite characters. Because David's life was about as real as it got. God said that David was a man after his own heart, but David also was a man after his own heart. That, that, that David, David loved God as a shepherd. David saw God work miracles as a shepherd. David was able to kill a lion and a bear as a shepherd. It was David who wrote the beauty of that in the 23rd Psalm, saying how the Lord is his shepherd. 
David also said that the Lord is his light and his salvation. David had a love for God. God anointed David to be king. But when David became king, he got beside himself. David, if you know, David had a philandering problem. And I know y'all ain't looking at me now. We even got men today with philandering problems. Uh, what's philandering problem, brother preacher? Well, it means you look at somebody who ain't your wife. And you desire her. David had a philandering problem. And one night, David saw another man's wife. I love the Bible, the way it puts it. God is so real. Because when you look in, the, in Matthews, it says, David had a son named Solomon by Uriah's wife. I love the Bible. That even in the text, God says that he had a son, but I didn't sanction that son, but I have a way to redeem that son even in the midst of this mess David has created. And if anybody's life was full of trauma, it was David. Because of what David did, his family, all of them had issues. And I wish somebody would talk to me. Many of us come from families with issues. And many of us have had things happen in our family that nobody wants to talk about, that nobody wants to visit, that nobody wants to understand. But y'all understand that I was raised in this foolishness and mess. David had a son that wanted to kill him. Solomon was just like David and he had a philandering problem too. David had a son that raped another daughter. Is there anybody knows that trauma was in David's life? So in the midst of all these women, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba, we see this trauma. But, but when we get down to our text, and it looks like there's another woman in trauma. It is the very mother of the Savior. Can you imagine being Mary? God comes to this little virgin girl and says, you are going to be the one to bear the Christ child. Bible declares that Mary was betrothed to Joseph, which in effect was already a determination of their marriage. They had never been together in a physical way. But she was pregnant. If that ain't traumatic, I don't know what is. Y'all not talking to me. Can you imagine little Mary who has gotten a message from the Lord and has a baby growing in her stomach and then she has to go to the village where she lives while her stomach is getting bigger and bigger and she's saying that I have never been with a man. Somebody said, girl, you must be crazy. Y'all ain't talking to me, but I'm going to preach it anyway. We've been in the same situations with, with, with young girls pregnant, and instead of trying to help them, we've talked about them. But God, can you imagine Mary in her life? She has the Christ child, and you can imagine the folk that talked about her. Saying that girl must be out of her mind, thinking that we believe she ain't never been with a man. Trauma. But then what makes it even worse for Mary is Joseph is, the Bible says, a good man. And he tries his best to take care of Mary even while he's trying to get out of this marriage that looks like trauma is all, all around it. Says he is trying to figure out how not to put her to shame. Thank God for folk in our lives who know the mess of our lives, but then they don't put it in public blast and put us to shame. Yeah. Says that he doesn't want to shame Mary 
Because everybody else had already done that. But then, while he didn't want to shame her, the Lord came to him. And even imagine being Joseph. He's a man with a career. And he's well respected in the land. And imagine the folk talking about him. That I can't believe you're going to stick with that little girl. And stick with her story about never being with a man. Can't you imagine the trauma that Joseph went through? He's having to deal with this. But then God has a way of helping us in the midst of our trauma. That as Joseph one night went to sleep, the Bible says an angel of the Lord came to Joseph. And watch this. He said, Joseph, son of David. Oh, that's significant, people of God, because Joseph, even though he wasn't Jesus' biological father, because he was a descendant of David and Judah, he could be uh, Jesus' legal father. Y'all ain't missing, y'all missing it. That, 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 that when, when Jesus was being raised by Joseph and folk tried to talk about this illicit, what looked like an illicit relationship, Joseph was of the family of David already, and he had a legal right to be his father. That Jesus even one day comes to give Joseph uh, congratulations. He says, I do everything I see my father doing. We spiritualize that a lot too much. I believe Jesus oftentimes was talking of the greatness of Joseph in his life. That Jesus probably spent more time in his life with Joseph than he did Mary. Because one day Jesus did something and they said, is this not the carpenter's son? That Joseph still was that good man even in the midst of all this. Lord come to him and says, Joseph son of David. Stay with Mary, even in what looks like trauma. Because what is conceived in her is the Christ. And don't miss it. He says, you will call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sin. And I'm just trying to get you to a point to let you know that the trauma in your life is not bigger than God's triumphant salvation. That whatever you had to deal with, whatever you had to struggle with, we serve a God who is always looking out for you. Anybody ever been down? To this day, there's this trauma in my life, and it may seem trivial to y'all that I won't say who and I won't say what, but I will say what happened. Little boy growing up went to, I had two sets of cousins, all girls on both sides of my family. And one Halloween, one of my cousins decided to put some lipstick on me. And I wasn't, I wasn't super manly, but I was mannish enough to know you don't put lipstick on little boys. She put that lipstick on me, and all night long I was mad. And I didn't even want to trick or treat. And to this day, that shade of lipstick <laughs> bothers me. I told my wife, don't ever even buy it. Because I don't want it on my lips. 
And I know we're laughing, but when I was a little six-year-old boy, I was embarrassed. And even now, that bothers me. That story is traumatic to me. Is there anybody here that's somebody in your life that shares your DNA? Somebody in your life that said they would protect you. Somebody in your life that said they love you called trauma in your life. And you and I sit here today, even in the midst of that trauma, but you ought to thank God that there's somebody who has triumphed over my trauma. That it ain't left me, but he has blessed me in the midst of it all. I just need somebody to know we serve a God who will bless you even when you're feeling down and feeling bad. Sometimes in your life you look at things and you can't feel, you feel like you can't make it. But God is a God who will save you. It says, he has saved the people from their sins. But you know, Joseph and Mary were not the only ones to deal with trauma in their lives. That even when Jesus grows up, trauma follows him. He is our Lord and he is our Savior, but he still had some traumatic events in his life. He was told that he was a mangler with, with demons. Trauma, y'all. He was abandoned by the men who followed him. Betrayed and deserted. Trauma, y'all. He was crucified one day. If anything is trauma, that's trauma. Because the Bible said he had never done anything wrong. Jesus was lifted up on yonder's cross. But I thank God that in the midst of the trauma, he already told them that if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. That even in the midst of his trauma, he looked out and said, forgive them. For they know not what they do. I'm just trying to help somebody and let you know that he knows. And he understands every one of your problems. You know, it doesn't matter what the problem. Jesus will always see you through. He's willing and waiting. He's there to protect you. Jesus is the answer for you. His love is perfect. His love is kind. His love will ever be sublime. Is there anybody here knows that he died on Friday? But he got up early Sunday morning to deliver you out of your trauma. So go ahead and bear your burden. But understand that we serve a God who will triumph over your trauma. Give God praise. He will triumph over your trauma. I've been dealing with this sermon for a long time. And I know we live in a day where finally folk that look like us are learning to find somewhere to deal with the stuff that happened to us. But a long time ago, even if we didn't have the money or the wherewithal to go find somebody, we were in a place where we could come day after day, week after week, where we could find a shelter and a place where we could deal with our trauma. And ultimately, you may go somewhere and you may be able to talk it out, but I want to tell you there's somebody who will rescue you from your trauma. He died on a Friday, rose on Sunday, and right now sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will call your name. Stand to your feet. This is your invitation. If you will, Jesus, keep me near the cross. Part of the, part of the way you deal with your trauma is you got to get close to something.
that you can you can be close to people and people can help you but you need to get close to somebody who can change your situation and I declare the God we serve he can change your situation even now that you deal with the pain of your past you deal with the struggle every day but he can rescue you from anything that ever happened to you the Bible says it like this that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead you shall be saved and if you know like me he'll lift you out of any trauma that you ever had to deal with and so this is your invitation to now come and give your life to him that if you don't know him in the free pardon of your sin come give your life to Jesus
and bring them into the ark of safety. Lord, we thank you that many of us are already in a safe space. There's no safer place to be than having Jesus as your Savior and being in the will of God Almighty. Lord, we thank you for rescuing us from what has happened to us. We thank you for the events that have shaped us because even though they were traumatic, because we know you, they have worked for the good because we are the called according to your purpose. Lord, we pray for those in the sanctuary and those even abroad that don't know you would come to believe in Jesus, come to accept him as Savior and Lord of their lives and come to walk with him and understand that every day with him gets sweeter than the day before. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we love you. This is our prayer. And we pray it in the only name that matters. That is the matchless name of Jesus. We pray and we give all honor. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. inviting our congregation to help out with youth and children for our Easter weekend. Um, if you can bring um, candy for our children, you can do that uh, at the church office or bring it the Sunday of um, the drop off the church office will be between Tuesdays and Fridays between 9 to 5 if you want to do it that way. Thursday, March the 30th, um, Salem will be giving away uh, free, fresh produce boxes. Somebody say amen. amen. So Thursday, March the, uh, March the 30th. Is there a time for that giveaway? 10, 10 a.m. Is it 10 to, 10 to is all gone. Amen. So 10 a.m. on March the 30th until uh, all the produce boxes are gone. Um, we want to thank God for uh, your presence and thank God for all of you in your giving we take it not robbery uh, that you give to the local church and in blessing the kingdom of God uh, with your giving. I want to thank God um, for those in our family who are dealing with sickness. We continue to ask you pray for those in our family dealing with sickness. Um, we will be having the homegoing service for our sister Pamela J Jean Johnson. Uh, Tuesday, March 28th, 28th, I'm sorry, at 1 p.m. here at Salem Church. Again, our sister Pamela Jean Johnson, homegoing service, Tuesday, March 28th at 1 p.m. Again, I want to thank God uh, for our pastor. Uh, he is celebrating with our family today uh, at our home church in Gainesville. So thank God, thank God again uh, for Sister Bev. She is here. Give God praise for her. To everybody who, who makes worship real and good, we want to thank for our praise team, for our AV, for our officers. If you will stand to your feet, God be with you till we meet again.
unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us blameless before his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God be glory, be majesty, be dominion and authority. May it be both now, henceforth, and forevermore. And the people of God say, Are several ways to submit your tithe and offering online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give on cash app at dollar sign the church with zeal via the givelify app by mail to salem missionary baptist church p.o box 817 lilburn georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, GiveLify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.